Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is inspired by our guest, Rosie Jane of By Rosie Jane. As you will hear in the episode today, what I discovered about Rosie is that we are fragrance soulmates and have the same favorite layering combos and scent profile preferences. So Rosie, if you are listening to this, I need to tell you about the trifecta layering combo of your fragrances that I just did, which I'm not even going to ask if you've done because duh, of course you've done it. I have a spritz of Rosie on each wrist. Then I put one spray of Dylan and I just dabbed it together. Then on top of it, I put two sprays of Layla Lou followed by another spritz of Rosie. And it's this like amazing incense musky pear dream. Oh, I can't, I'm, I just smell so refreshing. And this is the epitome of by Rosie Jane fragrances, which you'll hear in the episode, but they are all fresh, clean, simple, easy to wear. This is for someone who is looking for an amazing everyday signature scent. I love me a complex misunderstood as much as the next person, but sometimes you just want to wear something that is easy, simple, and elegant. And that is by Rosie Jane. So that is also my perfume juice of the day. I honestly would recommend layering Rosie with anything. As you'll hear in the episode, Rosie is the scent that really got me interested in by Rosie Jane. For everyone who loves skin scents, if you love Juliet Has a Gun, Not a Perfume, which by the way, does anyone else hear the name Juliet Has a Gun and think of that scene? I feel like it was in Not Another Teen Movie when that guy's professing his love for Jamie and then he's on the bleachers and he's like, Jamie's got a gun. And then Jamie gets tackled by the school security guard. Juliet has a gun. None of you came here to listen to me sing, so I won't subject you to that. Um, but if you are a white muskhead, you love Not a Perfume, you love Namat Amber, Essential Faith, Dead Cool Milk, any of those layering scents, I gotta recommend Rosie. I just think it is an amazing, gorgeous white musk that just adds a little energy and softness to absolutely any outfit or mood. You could layer it under the most intense complex fragrance, wear it completely alone, or do something like I did and just kind of mix and match it with some other things that you like. And you guys have heard me wax poetic about Amber Blends on New, which I absolutely love. And I think by Rosie Jane's Dylan fragrance is somewhat comparable in terms of it being a sort of like deeper musky scent. You still get that white musk base that we know and love, but then there's something sort of incense a little bit woody, and it's just a genre I can't get enough of. Today's TikTok question of the day comes from Jenny.Klaser or Kleiser, who asks, can you recommend a creamy gardenia? Jenny, is the sky blue. Of course I have a creamy gardenia recommendation for you and it is none other than Kieran NYC's 10am flirt. 10am flirt is a gardenia fig and cashmere and wood scent and that cashmere and wood is really what gives it that creaminess. I absolutely love it. I'm smelling it right now totally fits that creamy gardenia category. And you know, I'm not usually into floral scents and this is a floral scent that I bought a full bottle of. I can't get enough of it. And similarly to By Rosie Jane, Karen NYC is also clean, cruelty-free, sustainable, female-owned, 
And because their business model is DTC, they can have high quality products and ingredients at a lower cost and full bottles cost $84. If you're not sure if you wanna get a full bottle of something you've never smelled, they have an amazing discovery kit. And actually, if you use the code MAV at checkout, you can get a free sample of 10 a.m. flirt with any purchase. This feels like QVC, enough of my codes. Let's chat about our amazing guest today. Today's episode is with Rosie Johnston, aka Rosie Jane, behind By Rosie Jane. We divulge our mutual love and addiction to white musk. We chat about the inspiration behind each of the seven fragrances in Rosie's line, the smells of Rosie's childhood in Australia, some inspiration for future fragrances down the line, what it really means to be a clean fragrance. And because, of course, I have zero chill, I do my best Australian accent for Rosie. Rosie cracks me up throughout the whole episode. It's such a fun one. You guys will love it. Here is Rosie. Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today we have the incredible guest, the founder and perfumer of By Rosie Jane, Rosie Johnston. Rosie, welcome to the Perfume Room. Yay! Thank you for having me. I like the introduction of incredible. I mean, that I feel like that's setting the bar really high, but... I mean, I'll say, I'll say great. <laughs> it's an objective uh, word to describe you based on everything that you are and all that you've accomplished. Rosie, we always like to start off the pod asking, what are you currently wearing? Do you have a signature scent? And do you have any perfume hot takes? Oh, okay. So I'm currently wearing a combination of Dylan, which is one of my fragrances, uh, and uh, Rosie. I love Dylan. Rosie, those are my two favorite fragrances. We're so similar. I'm a white musk fan. I love white musk. And um, I have the discovery kit in front of me. And when I smelled Dylan and Rosie, I was like, I'm home. This is this is what I love. I made Dylan actually for my husband. So yeah, it's like this traditional unisex fragrance. But when I was making it, I was like, Oh, my God, I, I am gonna this is for me, really, In, in, you know, completely selfishly. So yeah, so and then I do Rosie on top of it, because I'm a white musk junkie uh and it kind of softens it and gives it like just my little own twist on it Mm -hmm. i just want to say before we go any further that the two fragrances i am currently wearing as well are dylan and rosie that's great okay we literally smell exactly the same i love that oh my god completely unplanned so would you say those are your signature scents i mean i would say that probably rosie is my signature scent because i I wear it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I created it when I was actually pregnant because I call it like nose meditation. I was so like inundated by smells. And uh, I don't know if you have children, but when you're pregnant, you smell everything in a really mm-hmm. great way and a really horrible way. So I found it hard to mix a lot of the time and really smell stuff that was strong. And so I was like, I need something that feels like calming and naked and clean and I'm feeling shitty and I'm, you know, fat and my boots are hurting, all of these amazing things. Right. I created Rosie as like my ah, moment and that was it. Wow. Yeah. And that's what white musk is, right? It's this beautiful skin scent that changes a little bit on everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm smelling it right now. There's a percentage of people that cannot smell that nose. Really? They're nose blind to it. Wow. Well, the first time I ever smelled by Rosie Jane fragrances was in Credo in New York City. And I smelled them all. I really enjoyed them all. But when I got to Rosie, I just was like, okay, 
this smells like me. Like, I love the combination of the rose and the musk. Like, I, I'm also a fellow white musk fiend. And then the, there was just that little, like, floral sweetness from the rose note. And I just... Chef's kiss. Great, perfect white musk for everybody listening. Do you have any fragrance hot takes? Something you love, everyone hates. Something you hate, everybody loves. Okay, so I love the smell of horse manure. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, that is, a, that is the hottest take that I've ever heard on this podcast. So for me... <laughs> When, you know, I'm trying desperately to push my children into horse riding, even though they don't want to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, you love it. Get on the horse. You want to do it. But every time we go to the barn, I'm like, oh, my God, doesn't it smell amazing here? And everyone is like, no, <laughs> it does not. It smells like horse poo. And I'm like, that's grass. It's right. just fermented. Oh, it's just, it's like childhood to me. So that is one of those, I think, moments where everyone's like, I think Rosie's sense of smell is gone. Wow. So is that is that going to be the eighth fragrance in the Rosie Jane collection? A horse manure inspired? I am working on a collection right now that is inspired <laughs> by my home in Australia. And one of the, when I'm like sitting down mm -hmm. and I'm writing a story and I, I am not a like trained perfumer. I'm very much of just a wing it perfumer, but I do work with a fragrance mentor who really knows the ins and outs. And when I said to her, you know, hey, I really want to see if we can get some sort of grassy, like horsey, sort of manure smell through there. She was like, okay, but this is a challenge. So yes, in a strange way, but I don't think that we would be like, hey guys, here's our manure fragrance. Right, right. I don't think it'll be marketed as a uh, poo-poo, but you know, you might, if you get that note, who's to say you're wrong? It's an animalic... That's gorgeous it. nature. Exactly. Yeah. I do want to ask you, since you talked about it, um, the smells of your childhood, where in Australia did you grow up? Uh, so I'm from Sydney, very beachy. It's, you know, it's a lot like LA actually, but small and beautiful. <laughs> it's very, it's a coastal city and it's like mm -hmm. true urban living, but on the beach. It's this perfect kind of marriage of of places. Yeah, I actually, I did a semester abroad at UNSW. So I'm very familiar with Sydney. And I have a I have a problem, which I'm going to refrain from. But whenever I meet someone with an Australian accent, usually it's if I'm a few cocktails in, I can't help myself. And I start, I just, I push it upon people, my Australian accent. Okay, you, so I want to hear it. I have to hear it now. Okay. God, I have to channel. Just get, think of a phrase. Just say, oh, can I have a glass of beer, please? Okay. Uh, can I get a glass of beer, please? Oh, that's really good. It's you it's have good. to write like in inflection, right? Because Australians go up at the end of their sentences, so everything sounds like a question. Right, everything ends in a bit of a question. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing! I'm gonna start it's like those the kids from um, there's that YouTube show that my kids are obsessed with, and they all sound like your accent, which is great. Yeah, when I was in Australia, if I was um, drunk enough, I would do it, and then people from Sydney would be like, "Are you from Perth?" And I'd be like, if that's, if you want that, I will take anywhere in the whole continent. You have the scent that I'm looking at right now, Maddie, which is obviously very beachy. Would you say that that was inspired at all by Sydney and your beach going experience? You know, it is. It's, it's partially inspired by that, but also for my daughter, who is called Matilda, who is the beach bunny. So she is just... If she could like build a little house out of sand and stay on the beach, she would do that. She just is addicted to it. So 
but it is it's you know my childhood in australia because you know we grew up with the whole skin cancer age right coming from my mom's era where they just like baked themselves in the sun so i'm also a redhead and my mom would like lather me in sunscreen and hats and so for me that fragrance has such a sunscreen note because that always felt like the beach, right? Like I would smell that and then, you know, okay. Australia is very floral. So we have like a lot of jasmine. We have um, frangipani, which you call plumeria here. So it always kind of filled the air around the beach communities. You know, we they always felt very lush at the same time. So it is. It's definitely a pull from my childhood, um, but then also a nod to my Maddie Moo who is just – beach junkie. Wow. What I really enjoyed about the sample kit was that it felt sort of cyclical, or at least in the way that it is packaged in the sample kit, I got that impression. It's like start here, end here. And it feels like it goes through like an emotional journey of what you're craving of like, even just like as I look at the back of the box, sorry for all the um, ASMR of the sounds of the perfume for anyone listening, but how it starts, it's like start simple, take your vitamin C, stay grounded. As you added each fragrance to the collection, were you thinking about logistically what comes next based on a story you were telling? Uh, You know, it wasn't, it was not as deliberate as that. Like it wasn't as planned. So the way that I create and the way that I add fragrances is out of need and, and, you know, more organic. So when I I started with Layla Lou, that was the first fragrance that I ever created. And I created it for myself as a makeup artist. You know, you are, you know, that's how Mm -hmm. I started my career is not Mm -hmm. even thinking about perfume. And when you're a makeup artist or like a hairdresser, you are very close to people. My hands are, you know, in people's faces. I'm touching them all the time. So you're very aware of the way that you smell, basically. And I was, you know, young and and I wanted a signature scent. You know, I wanted like a calling card. So I was like, I'm going to make my own fragrance that when I am there, people are like, oh, it must be Rosie here to do my makeup. Mm -hmm. It was very sort of like Mm -hmm. romantic. So I wanted something that was more classic, but not offensive. It didn't overtake the room. So I really wanted to kind of create something just that, you know, felt like me, but casual at the same time. That was kind of how, uh, sorry, Layla Lou was born and it's pear, jasmine, fresh cut grass. It really nods back to the classic fragrances like uh, Anaisane, like it has these mm-hmm. beautiful floral notes in it. But we describe it as the white tea and jeans of our line because it's such an everyday classic fragrance. And it, it's it been in the line since the beginning and it's still our bestseller. That and Rosie kind of neck and neck each other. But so it was, it came out of need. And then the same with um, the next fragrance I created was James, actually. Mm. I'm pulling them up as you ta- as you talk about them so that I can smell them and reference it. And James was, you know, more of, I wanted stuff. So I had been wearing Layla Lou for a long time and I wanted to create the next fragrance in the line, but I wanted something that felt like earthy and still with a floral note through there, but that felt more kind of grounded. And I think it was, again, just out of need. I Like I always write like a, a story behind it in my mind. Okay, mm-hmm. What am I pulling from here? Where do I want to go? What do I want to smell like? And that's how James came, came about. Um, and then I'm trying, and then Maddie was, uh, no, and then I had Tilly, which uh, I, in the, when I created it was the original call to the beach, but we ended up discontinuing it because 
once I really got into the um, area of clean fragrance, I couldn't get it close enough to the original that I mixed and have it clean. Mm. We could, you know, as we discovered more about ingredients and we really, it's this moving target. I was like, you know what? It just, I can't get it to where I want it to be. So we're going to re, we're going to rework it. And that was Maddie was the rework of Tilly basically. And are Maddie and Tilly both nicknames for Matilda? Yes, they are. Isn't that, I know it's so crazy. That's it. I some people it. call her Maddie. Some people call her Tilly. It just depends on, on which one you get. She's also a true Gemini. So she definitely has mm. those two personas. Wait, so Tilly is the sweet version? Tilly's the sweet, like snuggle up, give me cuddles and kisses version. And Maddie's the more in your face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the beach and slam the door and, you know, on the way out that version. Mm. So I'm smelling <laughs> Maddie right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, I am, it's very literal as well. I think that I really work from a, like getting to know myself more as I kind of grow as a, a perfumer. I really like more basic scents, you know, and something that is quite literal. So I find that a lot of people who smell all of the By Rosie Jane collection mm-hmm. with the descriptions that, that I put in there, our feels like and smells like, you know, most people like these mm-hmm. actually really sum up the way that they smell. And I think it's because I come from a very, you know, a very simplified version of uh, fragrance. Interesting. You already spoke to Layla Lou and James and Maddie, but I'd love to hear more of like what your perfumer's palette was with the other ones in your collection as well, or what your inspiration was. And I'll smell them as you talk about them. And- I love that you like, I like, I'm watching you and I'm like, oh, she's smelling. I'm wondering if she's getting what I'm saying. This is a treat. I mean, I'm hearing you, the creator, talk about it. Um, so next after was Lake. I obviously grew up in Australia. My husband grew up in California. He's from San Francisco. They would go as kids to Lake Tahoe every mm-hmm. summer. And then we have started mm-hmm. the same tradition with our kids. I had never been to Lake Tahoe until I think the first time I went was about eight years ago and now we go every summer with our kids Lake Tahoe mm-hmm. is if you again have never been is the most magical place as someone who grew up on the ocean um, to see a body of water that is that big and it to be fresh water is kind of like it's like my brain can't work mm-hmm. it out quite like I look at it and I'm like oh yeah it looks like the ocean and then I get mm-hmm. in it and I'm like oh no this is fresh water. There are no sharks here, which is pretty amazing at the same time. Even though I love sharks and I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. protecting them. Yes. Save the sharks. Save the sharks, man, please. Gosh. Um, I wanted to create like something to draw back on always. And then for my kids also to be also have that memory based in it. So Lake is much more of like my bohemian vibe, I think. It has, you know, little citrus in it. It has uh, sandalwood in it. Uh, and then it has a, a really strong vanilla cord in it as well, which is, you know, pulls back to the sweetness of it. But, you know, Tahoe, that water is like being reborn. Every time I get into it, I'm like, oh, my, it's just there's something so magical about it. So I wanted to kind of capture that. And then we have these rituals when we're there. There's a ice cream store down the road from the house that we always rent when we're there. So we always go down there. They have the greatest vanilla ice cream. We all get it. So I was like, you know, it has to have this pull back to this sort of sweetness and and innocence of of vanilla which I always think it adds it's really like my um like you know it's where I go to to fully like kind of let down from from everything we go there for summer we'll spend like two weeks there and that's what I really wanted it to pull on Mm. um so and you know it's sometimes after I create a fragrance I won't 
wear it for a long time. And during the pandemic, I being at home, I rediscovered lake that I hadn't worn in a while. And I was like, God, this is a good fragrance. <laughs> it's just it's like one of those things that I'm like, it it didn't, you know, it's not something that I think that I would ever traditionally like look out for in another fragrance. But then mm. when I created it, I was like, this is such a good fragrance. I would kind of describe it as like a, a bohemian creamsicle. Yes, it's exactly it's it. Like, you know, it would definitely fall into the vanilla family of fragrances. That's great. I like that. A bohemian popsicle. Oh, creamsicle. Because of the or the, the neroli in there, there's something orangey. It's really beautiful. Um, and then I'm trying to think, oh my gosh, is my my um old brain like kicks in. So we've done and then I did There's Angie, Rosie, and Dylan left. Angie. Oh, how could I forget Angie? So Angie is my love letter to LA. Uh, I've lived here for 20 years or 20 plus years now. And if anyone is from LA, you know that during the spring and kind of moving to when it gets warmer again, there is an eruption of honeysuckle, night blooming jasmine. You smell it everywhere, right? Like even over all of the smog and everything that is LA, you go walking in the sort of early afternoon or, you know, it it just, it fills the air. And that for me is LA. I love that mm-hmm. smell. If I'm ever away and that sort of wafts past me, I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's LA. So that was kind of my love letter. And again, Angie just makes me smile. It's just a happy floral fragrance, uh, traditionally floral, all white flowers, just beautiful. We describe it as wine in the afternoon, you know, and our love letter to LA. And that's what it feels like. It's just like long lunches, kickback. Yes. The weather is coming back, you know, life is, is starting again. I love that description because now I just picture like having a glass of rosé, smelling like honeysuckle and jasmine. Totally. It, it's very, like you said, like authentic to that floral, an ode to floral. Okay, and next we have Dylan and Rosie, which are the two we started with. That's it. So that's, we've come yeah. in a circle. So, and as I said, Dylan is named for, well, I made it for my husband, but his name is Chad. Okay. Sorry to all the Chads out there. It is not a great fragrance name. So most right. of my fragrances, <laughs> all my fragrance pretty much named after my children or the inspiration of where they are from. But this one, mm-hmm. I couldn't. So I was like, it's, you know, it's very unisex. We describe it as being in love because it's kind of a complicated, mm-hmm. woody, like moody. Yes. It just, it, I'm like, it feels like I want to be naked in that fragrance all the time. I love it. But I named it Dylan after 90210's Dylan McKay, the great Luke Perry, because he was my 90s crush. Ah, okay. <laughs> he was like, you're too young, but 90210 before the revamp, was probably the greatest show that ever existed, yeah. by the way. That and Melrose Place, two epic TV yeah. shows. And when I met my husband, Chad, he had sideburns like Dylan McKay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And he was this American, like, dreamboat, and I met him as this Aussie, yeah. like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm so in awe of America and all Americans. And he came in with those wow. sideburns, and I was like, oh, is that <laughs> it's Dylan <laughs> Dylan okay oh my god can I be yeah. Shannon Doherty oh my gosh maybe maybe not well you know what I I do agree Chad would have been a hard sell in terms of the name because you hear Chad and you're like 
all right, it's going to smell maybe like a Bud Light. Like it's a, <laughs> you know, it's not that the name doesn't have the connotation that you want it to have for sure. No. No offense to Chad because I'm sure he's lovely. He is lovely, <laughs> but no, it's, I've all, I say to him all the time, I want you to know you have the worst name ever and your mother <laughs> should probably reconsider. And like, you know, Chad, <laughs> good name. You know, Chad and Chuck, I feel yeah. like, you know, Chuck. and by the way, he has a trainer that's called Chuck. Mm. Chad and Chuck go to the park. I'm like, really? This is it's just not sounding great. It's just two American mm. names. That are... <laughs> but I don't, I hope that there are not many Chads. I'm sure every Chad and every Chuck knows that maybe their name isn't the greatest. Though. The most popular segment of my um, listeners are actually Chucks and Chads. So to all the Chucks and Chads listening, we are truly... So, you know, it's interesting talking about like American names. I remember when I was in Australia, the name that was a popular male's name there that always threw me for a loop because I've never met an American named it was Angus. I only knew it as yeah. like a steak. Oh my God. That's true. Angus. That's true. Angus. Angus. Angus, right? That was a name I never heard of. I dated an Aussie guy. He was, and by the way, he was from like the, the country mm-hmm. and he, his parents raised cattle. Oh my God. And he was wow. called Angus. That's. I didn't even think of that. That's terrible. I did. I did have a brief fling with an Angus myself, but it was it was very short lived. But I just remember I told my friends in America, and they were like Angus, like the meat. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, and we have the reverse here, right? So in Australia, uh, when I came here, actually one of Chad's closest friends is called Devon. Uh, that's what we put on sandwiches. So in Australia, we call bologna Devon. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. When I met him, I was like, I'm sorry, what's your name? I was like, is that like a nickname? I don't understand. Devon, that's so funny. So there you have it. Okay, one thing I loved in Australia was that iced coffee was not really a thing. And so I loved ordering an iced coffee whenever I went to a a cafe because they would always just put a scoop of ice cream and I would pretend that I was naive and didn't know what I was ordering and that I thought I was just getting ice. But it was really an excuse for me to literally have like a coffee float at like 10 a.m. in the morning. It's true. It is. It's like one of those, it's like called an iced coffee or an iced chocolate. And yeah, they put like whipped cream mm-hmm. on top and yeah, it's uh, it, it's an experience. I know my children don't understand, also lemonade, mm. right? So they're like, can I have a lemonade? And they get given like a Sprite or a, and they're like, no, 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 I want like an old fashioned lemonade. Right, right. Like, That's called old fashioned lemonade in Australia. Ah, wow. I didn't know that one either. Okay, so do your kids, now your fragrances are all clean. Is it something that your kids have explored or do you feel like they're young for it? How's that? I have my eldest is 14. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she, that's Layla. So Layla is named for Layla. Um, Okay. And she is definitely exploring, you know, she's getting into beauty a lot more. You know, I, she wears fragrance a little bit, but I believe that fragrance is more of something like when you really know who you are, you know who your what your fragrance is. It's really a, a, like a journey in the beginning with fragrance. You buy what's sort of trendy or what feels like a name that you recognize. And then you sort of, as you become who you're going to be, you kind of go through these phases of fragrance until you reach your signature scent. The clean mm-hmm. uh, journey for my kids is definitely something that I kind of have pushed upon them just because I know what goes in products and I know, you know, especially like skin products and stuff like that for them, you know, like Layla is like washing her face and she's getting into all of that stuff and of course makeup and just the Mm -hmm. choices that are out there. I'm always like, you know, you probably don't want to use this like 
pharmacy brand because of XYZ. So yeah, it, I, if I can help them now kind of make the right choices and there's so many great products out there now in the dating world. So yeah, it's definitely beginning. Um, although I get a lot of eye rolls because there's a lot of trendy brands that just like, I really want this. And I'm like, look, you can, you should wear it. It's not going to probably do that anything to you right now, but just know you could make a better choice. You know, it's like, it's like everything with right. parenting. Well, you know, it's interesting. I really enjoyed this from a nerdy standpoint on your website. I saw your ingredients list and one thing that I think people don't understand is that there is a difference in what these in the semantics between clean versus natural. And so I love on your website, when you list out ingredients, you talk about safe synthetics, because I think a lot of people assume that if something is a clean fragrance, you are truly getting pure naturals, essential oils, absolutes, and that's clean doesn't have to necessarily mean that, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things actually, this has been like an ongoing education process. So, you know, and I give a lot of props to Sephora. We launched in Sephora in 2018 and they really helped, you know, define mm -hmm. what we were already doing. So, you know, we've been clean for a long time, but Sephora really helped kind of clarify that much clearer than it had ever been done before. Because, yeah, as soon as you say clean, people assume natural is great and synthetics are bad. And it's just right. not the reality. Like there are a lot of naturals out there that are incredibly potent, you know, harmful, um, you know, like a lot of these natural essential oils, they started banning in the EU, uh, like oak moss, right, That stuff like that, allergens, um, and just their environmental toxicity, actually, and impact. But synthetics, it's just that word, right? It's such a terrible word. The word nature identicals is a little better, mm -hmm. but there is such incredible technology within this space and they can recreate the most incredible complex smells and get continuity through smells and performance out of stuff and do it eco-friendly. So they're not using any natural resources. They're not having to use water, land, all of this stuff to reproduce it. And it's it's just such an exciting part of perfumery. Uh, and to mm -hmm. stay just pure and natural, you, you just couldn't get the complexity out of it or any longevity at all. Right. So, yeah, it, we try and kind of help people understand that, of course, there are bad synthetics, but there are great ones too. And, of course, mm -hmm. there are wonderful um, naturals, but there are bad ones of those as well. Like you can't kind of wash it all with one brush and be like natural, good, synthetic, bad. Right, 100%. Were there any fragrances um, that you wore prior to starting your perfume line that really inspired you or that you loved? You know what's crazy is I didn't really wear fragrance at all. That's what I was not a perfume junkie. Um, my mom wore a lot of uh, perfume and my grandma, like on my dresser even now, I keep both my mom and my grandma passed away, but I keep both their perfumes on my dresser. My mom wore mm -hmm. Arpege. Oh, nice. Grandma wore uh, Paris by Yves Saint Laurent. Mm. And I just smell them out of the bottle and I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. But you, I think my mom bought me Arnais Arnais as my first perfume. It was kind of one of those things. So probably Leila Lou ties back to that a little bit. But I just wasn't. I would have bottles of perfume on my dresser that I just never wore. It was just sort of there as like, right. here, I'll put this because it it feels like the, something that I should have on my dresser. but. 
No, I was at the stables. I was a horse riding manure smelling girl. <laughs> you were just doing makeup, smelling like manure, living your best life. <laughs> what a dichotomy. Today's Perfume 101 is glossary style. The three terms I'm going over today are flanker, blotter, and flacon. So a flanker is any iteration of a fragrance that comes after the original. Maybe it's a twist on the original, an expansion, but it's connected to the original but has something different. A great example of this would be Black Opium. Black Opium Eau de Parfum is the original, but then there's Black Opium Glowing, that's a flanker, Black Opium Nuit Blanche, Black Opium Intense, Black Opium Floral Shock, and Black Opium Neon, which are all flankers. Blotter is simply the proper term for the test strip that you use when you are smelling fragrances. And the correct way to use the blotter is actually to write the name of the fragrance or note on one end and then bend the tip of the blotter that you plan to dip or spray on the other so that it doesn't get contaminated with anything else on the table. The third term today is flacon, which is basically any perfume bottle, sample size or full, that does not have an atomizer, which means you cannot spray it, you have to dab it on your wrist. You guys often hear me refer to those little samples that don't have atomizers as dabbers, but technically the terminology is flacon. This has been your Perfume 101. Back to Rosie. Do you feel like the clean makeup movement is similar or different from specifically like clean fragrance? You know, I mean, I think that we're we're all on the same journey. I think we're all trying to get to the same place. But I think that there's confusion with fragrance because, you know, we get this this kind of comment is, you know, I'm so excited to use your fragrances, but I noticed that you say fragrance on your ingredient. And I'm like, okay, but... The word fragrance just is essentially like a, like a label for a group of, of ingredients is piled together to make it. We list every single, that was sort of how our transparency thing came about, as I was like, look, we do have fragrance in there, but that's basically, you know, a, a list of probably, you know, anywhere from, from five to 30 different products that make up that particular fragrance, which is how we opened everything up. But, you know, when we can't fit a really long ingredient list on there, we'll put the word fragrance and then check back to our website to see everything. But, yeah, I think we're all united within the clean movement. I think we're all trying to create something better from better products and particularly packaging. So for me, ingredients is one of the most important things. But honestly, sustainability, lack of plastic in our packaging, you know, being able to reuse, recycle, probably our number one goal. It's really kind of overtaken our the way that we create everything because our ingredients, we've, we've set our standards with ingredients. We're like, you know what, we will not use any of these products. But now it's constantly pushing the bar on packaging and helping, you know, consumers and also big brands understand that they have a responsibility to that issue. A hundred percent. You were talking about how you started playing with mixing fragrances. What has your, and then you ended up becoming a perfumer. What has your education been and how has that journey evolved for you? So I have zero education as it goes. I actually got kicked out of school in grade 10. I was a terrible student as well. I got asked to leave like three different schools (laughs) and then finally gave up in grade 10. Perfume room exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm a total high school dropout. It's terrible. Beauty school dropout. I could be that song. Yeah. 
Literally. I think that what I am driven by is curiosity. So, I, you know, whether or not good student, bad student, you know, I have always, whenever I'm interested in something, I like dive headfirst into it. And so I mixed my first fragrance literally from, you know, you can get like go to the to the store or there are like a website where you can be like, oh, great, I'm going to buy pear and I'm going to buy you know, uh, cupcake smell and, you know, whatever it is. You can buy all these individual mm-hmm. notes. And mm-hmm. then I mi- mixed with that and then I started to sort of, of course, had my first daughter, Layla, and I was like, I don't really know what is in these individual products that I'm combining. Like I don't even know if I'm using it at the right strength on my skin. You know, sometimes you have to dilute stuff. So I kind of went into this Uh, kind of dive into the world of ingredient and that is how it all started for me and then over that time I've just kind of pushed it I talk and I ask a lot of questions I read stuff you know and it's more it's like you know the school of hard knocks I just kind of life learn it and there are a lot of amazing uh, scientists and and really heavily school educated people out there thank god that I and the most annoying client where I'm like, knock, 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 excuse me. Can you please tell me why this is in there? I read that there's a different ingredient and blah, 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 blah. Um, so the, the company that helps me blend formulations in big amounts, I know when he sees my number that he's like, oh, my God, Rosie Jane is calling me again to like. But, I mean, that's and that's kind of how it, it's just from interest. Just being a nosy parker. Right, right. Do you craft the fragrance and then the chemist is the one that like actually like batches it in terms of like what, you know, what needs to go in from like a science standpoint? Is that like the collaboration process? Yeah. So I will blend, like I will uh, work where I am now, pretty much in my studio. uh, And I will blend, you know, with everything, clean ingredients, dirty ingredients, everything, just I have notes of every mm-hmm. kind and I, I blend and I get to a place where I'm like, this is a fragrance that I love. This is the way that I want it to smell. Mm-hmm. And I will sit down with my chemist and be like, okay, I want it to smell exactly like this. I want it to have these layers, but I want it, obviously they know my, my very annoying, stringent, you know, you can't use this, you can't use that. <laughs> we go through the process and then we'll send it and I'll be like, no, 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 it's too sweet. No, I need to have this. And then he'll be like, well, if you want it to be like that, you've got to take, you know, that note out because we can't create it clean. And then I'll continue to tweak it uh, until we get to Mm -hmm. where I want it to be. But luckily with technology, most of the time we can get spot on with what I originally create. But I do try to help him out and mainly mix with clean ingredients. But it's just sometimes there's mm-hmm. a complexity in a note like uh, Neroli is very, very hard to get naturally because it's so expensive mm-hmm. and synthetically it's not a, it's not, it's really hard to recreate clean. Mm. Interesting. Do you have one favorite note if you're like, Ugh, I have to wear like a single note forever? Which Is there one that you could pick? Oh my God. White musk. White musk. I knew you were going to say it. I know. I was like, white musk, say it. White musk is almost a base in most of my fragrances like every time Mm -hmm. I create it I'm like it's so perfect but it's missing one thing (laughs) musk and so and that's why I blend like I use rosie as like a as a blender with every single fragrance 
But yeah, that's my that's my like one hundred percent go to. Although I am having this strange um this strange coconut vanilla obsession at the moment. Mm. I, yeah, and I did not realize how mm-hmm. many different ways you can experience coconut smell. You know, very, very sweet, very, very green, mm. you know, really kind of candy-like, you know, really natural. It has, And so I'm kind of on this uh, this sweet journey, which seems odd for me, but it's, you know, that's why I just kind of follow wherever my brain is leading me. I don't know if it's, it seems like you experienced this too based on what you just said, but there are notes that I, when I first started smelling them, I couldn't stand. And as my taste evolves, all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I'm a, I'm obsessed with this note now. And vanilla is similar. Like I actually used to strongly avoid anything with vanilla. If it had vanilla, it wasn't for me. And now I'm on this like vanilla kick. And I, I do that with, so. I was that way about jasmine when I first smelled jasmine. I was like, please, nothing with jasmine. And now I'm like a jasmine, like I, I love jasmine. And I don't know like what's happening in my brain or what's responsible for this, but my taste just keeps evolving. I'm the same. And honestly, like the idea of vanilla fragrance to me was like, ooh, it's like what you get in like, you know, like some trashy lingerie store, right? Like that's where I kind of go. But I'm the same. It's right, like you right. find, right. I don't know, it's like this this journey. It's kind of like fashion or like hairstyles or like anything. You sort of, but if you go, I think, and follow it authentically, you'll find whatever it is that you're looking for. So like for me right now, it's like the, this vanilla, but it's got to have this very green grounded note in it. Mm-hmm. I was like the same with patchouli, right? If anyone came near me with patchouli, I was like, me too. Yes. Get away. Like I can't, I just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. now I, and I've fallen back in love. I think it's because I've fallen in love with essential oils, right? So I, we did a body wash and of course we did it in Layla Lou and James, but I had this over the pandemic essential oils became like therapy for me I the shower was like my escape Mm -hmm. so I was like I want to create these complex beautiful essential blends that actually invoke some sort of emotion and then what I love about them is that when you're done using them they're gone right they don't linger they don't last on the skin you can continue to wear perfume and and your normal kind of the way you want to smell throughout the day so you could, they're like this incredible mm-hmm. experience while you're with them and then they're gone. They don't linger for too long. Um, and I think that that's kind of why I fell back in love with like, or fell in love with in the beginning, patchouli, right? I was like, I've been so hard and mean to patchouli for all these years. <laughs> and it's actually a really beautiful mm-hmm. note if you use it the right way and combine it with other things. I totally agree. And I think that's also a great segue into your body wash and body oil, which I had the privilege of sampling. And I basically have been pretending for the past week that I am staying in a spa and like get in the, you know, because I, I just like don't have like, I, I just have like drugstore body wash. And I literally like, I'm like, I'm going to use a loofah. This deserves a loofah for this body wash. And I've been like in the shower, like smelling yuzu and lemongrass and having a ball. I love it. Well, that's what, that's exactly why I created it. It was over the pandemic. I could never really, you know, I discovered that the one place that my children will completely leave me alone is when I'm in the shower. I don't know Mm -hmm. why, right? I could be Mm -hmm. on the loo. I could be anywhere doing (laughs) anything. And they just barge in like I'm just like waiting patiently for any question that they have. But in the shower, I would hear them, mom, mom, 
mom. And, th- and then I would hear like my husband say, no, she's in the shower. And they'd be like, okay. And then nothing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, do they have like a, a strange fear of seeing me completely naked or is it in the <laughs> shower? I was like, why? But <laughs> so I started using that time. You know, we had three kids at home, homeschooling, both my husband and I own our own businesses. But it was like this complete moment for me of reset or, you know, like come down like in the evening. So yeah, I'm so glad that that's what I was like, you know, I want this essential oil blend because I want to experience it there, but then I want to, you know, wear regular fragrance and everything throughout the day. uh, And I Mm -hmm. don't want them to sort of overlap each other. I'm so excited that you love it. So I'm from the, from the sounds of it, you have wake the, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. You can say whatever you like, get it out. (laughs) I love as an Australian, I'm sure you know this about Australians. We love to swear. And swearing is a good term in Australia. Mm, Okay. Like it's positive. When you swear and call someone, you know. Say it. Fuckwit or whatever, it can be positive. That's why for me, I was like, you know what? These essential blends need to represent exactly how I feel, which is in the morning, Mm -hmm. I just want to wake the fuck up and get in the shower. And then after a crazy day, if I haven't had alcohol or too much of it, I just want to get in the shower (laughs) and calm the fuck down and go to bed. Right. That's kind right. of, it's the way that I feel when I get in the shower and then when I get out, I'm like, oh, all right, it's happened. So for everyone listening, the two body washes that we're referencing are wake the fuck up and calm the fuck down. And we are not going to blur out these curse words because we are also cursors on this podcast. They are oh, slightly shit. blurred out on the bottles. Yes, yes. There's like asterisks and, you know, I have calm the fuck down. I believe. And then the the body oil that I have, because I was looking at the website, it, mine doesn't have a name on it. It just says everyday body oil. So I don't know if that was, um, if there's just like a neutral one. It's like the matching one to the body wash. Yes. It smells just like the body wash. Yes. And we haven't officially launched like the essential blends um, in the body oil, but mm-hmm. you know, I wanted it to have the, the same mm-hmm. kind of experience. Um, but yeah, I, you know, for fragrance, I'm always working on personal fragrances but I again you know I've been on this obsession with body care and if for exactly the reason that you said which is you know you have to do all these everyday things right get in the shower wash your hair Mm -hmm. you know take the trash out whatever it is right and if you choose the right products those everyday moments feel special and and intentional I was like I'm gonna have a shower regardless so all I have to do is just choose something that makes me feel a certain way. And that's with everything I realize. Like the foundation that I use, you know, mm-hmm. the perfume that I put on, the, the products that I put in my hair, I choose a combination of fragrance-free and, and fragrance products. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that is not an actual fragrance, I tend to go more on the essential oil side um, just because I don't want it to linger. I love those fragrances and I... Also, the other thing too is like I'm never I've never been someone who just like has the I guess I'll say like determination to moisturize. I feel like it's like really something you have to like consciously be like, I'm gonna moisturize. Like it, it just it feels almost like a chore. But there's something about the body oil that doesn't feel like a chore versus like lotion does. And I don't know what that is. And I don't know if that was like what you were thinking about oil versus lotion, but something about like, I get out of the shower and I'm like, I feel like I should just put this oil on. But lotion is like, I think of sunblock. I think of like a a, a, a whole to do, you know? You know, I think it also comes to, 
back to effort, right? So body oil pretty effortlessly is in your, you know, will dissolve into your skin. So the reason I love oils, that's I'm just more of an oil person than a lotion. I use face oil. I use that whole bit. But I did it again because I literally call myself a lazy bloomer. And so when I am turn the shower off, I have my body oil sitting right there. I don't even dry. I just like shake it right. like all over myself. And then it just blends in so easily. It's just kind of gone. Body right. lotion does feel like work for me too because I have to rub it in. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's never going away. So I do it, the oil when I'm wet and then rub it all over and it kind of gets everywhere really fast and then just towel dry normally and then I'm moisturized. I'm like, great. I, by the way, I use it on my face too. Uh, you know, Rosie, I, you know what? These things didn't save her like face. fragrance sisters right here. I have a face wash in the shower, but I was like, this is all natural. I'm just going to put this on my face. And then I was like, this is great. And then I put the face oil on my face. I mean, the body oil on my face. And I've just, I feel like I weirdly have your brain. Like I've just been like experimenting in the same, um, in the same realm. Well, and listen, that body oil has um, um, rosehip oil in it. it it's like yeah. the most, it's basically like a giant version of like, a, they, we just don't put it in a little tiny bottle with a dropper, which would then be like, Face oil. The whole mm-hmm. idea behind it is skincare for your body. So the ingredients right. are the same beautiful stuff that you would put on your face, but we just do it for your body. And that's why I literally do it everywhere. I just go crazy because there is no difference, knowing ingredients mm-hmm. like I do, between pretty much the face oil that's in a little tiny bottle um, and our body oil. Our listeners can rest assured that across coast in LA and in New York, Rosie and I, we smell identical. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to toot my own horn. (laughs) Yeah. Same bird. Yeah. There we go. Um, Rosie, we have one final segment of this show though. I never wanted to end because I'm having the best time talking to you. And that is called what's that smell? What's that smell? Rapid fire. I name a person, place or thing. And you just say like what that smells like to you. It could be, and there's no wrong answer. There's no right answer. It's, it's you. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Okay. What is the smell of Chad? Ooh. Oh, I was going to say sweat. Oh, <laughs> that's correct. But hot sweat. <laughs> hot sweat. Okay. A lot of people describe that as the smell of New York city. So I'm interesting. You chose that for your husband. <laughs> oh, yes. Hot sweat. Yes. There you go. Okay. What's the smell of New York city? Ooh, uh, I feel bad. I'm going to say trash. We, it's hard, but you will take it. As a New Yorker, I'll, I will accept that. Because I'm going to be there in like a week. I am obsessed with that city, but it does. That's what I smell. And the it smells always hot to me, like hot air. Yes, like that. I know what you mean. Um, what is the smell? Actually, this is interesting because I think there's some similarity. The smell of Los Angeles versus the smell of Sydney. Ooh, so LA smells like dirt to me, like the hills. Like mm-hmm. if you hike in LA... That's what LA smells like. It's like, of course, these beautiful like uh, seasonal flowers, but traditional to me, like is the is the smell of the earth. It's sort of weird, but Sydney smells like ocean. Ocean, yeah. Okay, what is the smell of your childhood? Ooh, oh, uh, hairspray. Um, um, hairspray. The the gold can, you know, the real famous uh, gold can of hairspray that they said if you inhaled because the particles are so small they couldn't sell it mm. oh i can't remember wow. the name of the brand but hairspray 
Hairspray. Wow. Okay. And then we went into clean beauty. So it's like a, it's full circle from that hairspray to uh, the clean beauty movement. I know, right? And manure, of course. Manure and hairspray. Manure and hairspray. That yes. next fragrance is going to be a bestseller for sure. You guys are going to love it. You guys are, I mean, yeah. Um, okay. What is the smell of um, love? Oh, mm, that's really hard, Dylan. Yes. Dylan is the smell of love. Um, okay, what is the smell of success? Oh my gosh. Mm, coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see that. I see that. Someone who's like up in the morning and they're just doing their thing. Are you drinking coffee right now? I, I'm permanently drinking something. It's either coffee or whiskey. Okay. Little, uh, a little whiskey for success too, I'll take. There you go. Would you ever... Um, like try and do something inspired by coffee or whiskey for a fragrance? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've used it like when I was um, trying to create uh, originally a fragrance for Chad, when I was like kind of really in that space, I was mixing mm-hmm. like tobacco, um, whiskey, um, you know, there's like a, a leather smell, like these mm-hmm. very traditional sort of masculine scents. It just, it always like goes a little cologne but um, but yeah, I mean, I, listen, honestly, at this point, now that I love apparently patchouli and vanilla, I would never say, never say never. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Guys, there's so much to look forward to. We've got whiskey. We've got coffee. The manure hairspray is going to be an exclusive. Uh, oh, imagine if you I create it and it's just this phenomenal smell. And people are like, oh, it's not. So I'm like, well, it's hairspray, manure, and a little whiskey. There are brands that have bizarre notes. Yeah. But hot sweat, hot sweat and manure. I would... I would try it for sure. I would definitely just be curious. It would. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Too amazing. What is the smell of your house? Ooh, Layla Lou. My house always smells like Layla Lou. You know, I, people come over and they're like, it smells like your fragrance. <laughs> I think it's, I don't know why. I think it's, um, you know, it's like a combination of all the products that I use just in general. It just ends up blending together and smelling like Layla Lou. Yeah. That's, I mean, if your house is going to smell like a product, Leilulu is a great one. Okay, fresh, you know? Yes. And the final question, what is the smell of by Rosie Jane if you had to boil it down? Ooh, I mean, I would say like, like clean, clean and crisp. Like something like, you know, it smells like to me like just like effortless life. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Clean, crisp. Easy, simple, and classic. Clean and crisp. Okay, well, Rosie, it has been such a joy to talk to you and have you on the podcast. If people are interested in trying out some By Rosie Jane products, where can they do it? So you can go to our website, which is byrosiejane.com, where we have, of course, amazing sample collection. And we are also at Credo and uh, Sephora, both online and nationwide in stores. Amazing. And if people want to follow um, on social media, should they? what is the social media? We are at by Rosie Jane. And as always, you can follow Perfume Room at Perfume Room Pod. You can follow me at Emma Vern or on TikTok, Emma underscore Vern. Rosie, it's been such a treat to have you. Um, and I love that we are wearing and smelling like the same thing right now. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Perfume Room is co-produced and edited by Adam Avalos, music by Max Vernon, and art by Israel Rodriguez.